just three black kings Giving our thoughts to society From politics, sports, music, and whatever subject fits the need We ain't trying to make a grand, we ain't trying to make a band We just want to know who's bands I'm so happy to be here, blessings on blessings on blessings Taylor made life Yeah, hella kind of Bro, Rocco Shock Welcome to the Who's Man's Podcast What up, though, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Who's Man's Podcast. I'm your host, Ron the Don, a.k.a. Mr. Taylor May. But before we hop in, I want to take a quick second to say we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to everyone who's been impacted by the recent hurricane tragedies that are uh, striking the country. You know, a lot of people are going through some tough situations right now, going without power, maybe losing your own entire home even. We really feel for you all. We're doing what we can to help. We appreciate any of you guys who are still finding a way to tune in and it. Just stay strong. You're going to pull it to the other side. All right. In the building with me, I got my man's Conrad. What's good with it, do, Beautiful people. We're here. We're live. Um, I can't really say much yet because uh, there's something these guys got to tell you. So I'm kind of in, uh, I'm kind of in my feelings right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to let uh, no, no identity introduce himself. Hey, Ron. Hey, Conrad. No, my first name ain't baby. All right. It's Janet. Miss oh, Jackson, okay. if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I not know that was going to be a jam? I should have known it was going to be Janet. I don't know what I was expecting. All right. <laughs> I'll bring myself. That's all. Hey, she on tour. Your boy about to go see her. What up, though? She about to propose oh, to me. That's all I'm going to say. Brian, if, right. she, if she calls you up on stage, how quick do you think you're going to be up on there? Let me tell you. You say both. <laughs> shit on me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm hopping on top of people, heads, bobbing and weaving. Like, come on. It's nothing. Oh, I ain't even bad at you. You better be bad if you didn't. <laughs> All right, man. So how y'all been? What you been up to for the past couple of weeks? I've been chilling, man. This weekend was really good. Um, hung out with a girlfriend when she was off work. And then um, this Sunday, I was able to go tubing down one of the main rivers here in the city, so it was really relaxing. Just some of my coworkers went down the river, got some drinks, um, just chilled. So it was it was nice. It was a nice weekend, relaxing, nothing too crazy on my end. My liver and I are good friends this week. <laughs> so that's about it. That's good. <laughs> so so tubing, what you just sit in the tube yep. and the water just moves you down the river? Very peaceful. Sounds peaceful. So But you're in a river though, so like see how I was gonna say, like, I would want to do it by myself. I feel like I would. I would want to do it in a pool, like a controlled environment where I can see all angels at all times. I mean, it wasn't right because what if that I mean, there's like that day. Like, <laughs> there's just a hey, specific, like, I guess you'd say trail for the tubing section. You start at one end and stop at the other end before you like hit all the like major rapids that Richmond has. So uh-huh. before you hit any of the rapids, you were basically off the trail. So it's chill, man. Yeah, okay, I can mess with that. crazy. Y'all would be able to handle it. If you don't like water, then I don't. All right. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Definitely add that to yeah. the list now. So you... All right, B-Shock, what about you? What you been doing? Man, I mean, it's been a while since we recorded. <laughs> but we'll talk about that soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, nah, this, this was a chill weekend. The weekend before... I have my whole family in town, and my girlfriend brought her family in town, 
and uh, we had a good time. But this past weekend was all around, I guess, just chilling uh, and chilling and chilling and watching Michigan State get their second Ooh. victory of the year. We're two and zero. At us, if you want to go white. What about you, Ron? Yeah, it's been pretty chill for me too. Like these past couple weekends, mostly just been hanging with my girl. We've been just checking out random stuff, chilling. Basically relaxing because it was a crazy couple weeks before, so it's been nice to just get back in the groove of normal life. You know, I'm about to have to catch another flight this weekend, going back to the D town. Can't wait to go home, so I'm really looking forward to that one. So, how was that? Uh, like, Ron, how was uh, that concert, Saunders concert? Oh yeah, it was pretty dope. So, for those of you who don't know, there's R and B band. I guess I barely would even call it a group. It's three guys, one singer, and like two producers, and their name is Saunders. S-O-N-D-E-R. They make just really dope music. It's like contemporary R&B, just chill vibes with like live instrumentation. I definitely recommend you check out their album, Into. It came out earlier this year. It's on Spotify. It should be on all streaming. One of my favorite new groups out there, so I definitely recommend checking them out. The concert was very lit. Like What I think I appreciated the most is that it was a very small environment. Like I would even really just call it a show. It was like inside of a mm-hmm. bar, but all the fans there were like diehard fans. They only got one album out, but everybody knew all the lyrics. Everybody was going crazy when they came on stage. It was like an intimate environment, but it was a lot of love in the air. A lot of those type of shows. Love in the air. Yeah. And you said they're R and B. Most of their topics are, you know, kind of love, kind of just, you know, got in a little situation with a girl, but definitely just music you can chill to while you having a nice dinner or just vibing. Great background. Music. I feel like. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like his. Uh, I feel like his music is like the old school R and B type, you know. Yeah, at least to me, I. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like he has that old like school vibe to him compared to like the newer R and B type uh, music. But I mess with him too. Yeah, the, the dude who's the lead singer, his name is Brent or something like that. I'm not 100% sure the pronunciation, but you may have heard him sing a couple other songs because he he's had a few solo uh, singles. He was recently on that song with Gold Link Crew. He was the one doing the chorus, so if you like that, you definitely would like the vocals on this. Hey, Gold, Gold Link is that group, though. Like, definitely. Um, well, I thought Gold Link was a dude. Hmm? one guy. I thought Gold Link was right, one guy. But... <laughs> you know, it's so much new music out there. You can't keep up with <laughs> a person or a group. Uh... You remember the, the weekend was a group for the past three years. So <laughs> hey, for guy. real though, I thought it was a group too. I really did. I was like, man, this weekend group. Hey. <laughs> all, right, but, all right, let's go ahead and hop into this. We got a lot we need to cover tonight, so let's jump on in. Be shocked. What you got for us up off top? So look, y'all heard me say earlier that uh, it's been a while since you heard from us, and I know y'all was checking. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh-huh. Um, y'all was like, oh man, it's Thursday. Where's that Who's Man's podcast? I'm on my way to work. I'm at the gym. I'm trying to hear what my boys is up to. Well, we were too. We were trying to figure that out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we did everything we were supposed to. We showed up. We recorded a full episode. Uh, we had topics. And we got into it. It was good. We had a whole bunch of like who's mans, and we ain't know who's mans they were. Obama stopped by for a quick and minute. And right before Obama was <laughs> oh, on the episode, so Oprah called oh, in. Okay. Dog, 
Beyonce was like, Brian, you so right. I would never be anything without Michael. I was like, you're right, B. Janet came by, but she ain't want to talk to y'all because y'all ain't worthy. Um, but before we recorded, you know, Conrad, because Conrad be hyped about recording. That's my boy. Conrad said, look, I've been hearing people say my audio don't always be it don't the curl don't always curl over, if you will. You know, it don't always show up like he intends for it to. Oh man. So this my guy right here had the idea. He said, Look, I'm smart. Okay. <laughs> don't ever question me about that. <laughs> when when people be recording, they be in like booths and they be having space to record. So I thought well, shit, I should have a space to record. That'll fix everything. My guy went down to the corner, robbed some homeless people with a cardboard box. Okay? It rained that night, too. It was wrong. They had nowhere to sleep. All right? And he said, I need this for Who's Man's podcast. He went in his room, grabbed his desk, and built a makeshift studio with a cardboard box. Okay? You... Look... You should see the picture, all right? Everything was good and well until Ron pushed play on the audio. I'm going to give y'all real time. I'm going to show y'all what it sounded like, okay? I'm Ron right now. No, Ron, do your intro. Do your intro. What up, though, everyone? Welcome to the Who's Man podcast. I'm your host, Ron Dadon, a.k.a. Mr. Taylor May. In the building with me, I got my man's Conrad. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> that, that's what it sounded like, y'all. So we were like, look, ain't nobody gonna sit down for an hour and a half. They don't care how, they don't care who Oprah or Barack talking about, <laughs> but they ain't gonna sit through that. Okay. Who's man? <laughs> Man, when I was doing the editing, I was like, all right, let me go ahead and press play and see how this sound. Wait a second. <laughs> nah, this is fake. <laughs> this couldn't be what he said. <laughs> this fake <All> right. news. <laughs> Can't be it. Uh, it sounded like he was trying to send every court to a tin can. All right. We get it. Man, Rob was like, hey, Conrad, for real though, send me the real file. I'm trying to put this together, okay? <laughs> we got to release this. He was like, dog, I sent it to you. No, like the real, real file. Yeah, man. man, I felt yeah, so done. bad for my boy. Conrad, what did you think when you was putting that <laughs> box together? Were you hey, like, I'm about man, to fuck said, shit up. Bro, this box could be lit. He almost got fired for stealing the box. Yo, I thought it was about to work, man. Cause I was talking to my <laughs> Did anyone see you anyone see you setting up nah. the box? Like, I went in the kitchen, cut up the box, <laughs> set it up. Cause I was talking to my friend our friend Jared and uh he was like, Man, that might work, man. You see all those rappers uh set up cardboard boxes and they be spinning fire. So I was ready, man. I sent him a picture, it's like, yo, it's about to go down. I'm about to say some, I'm about to speak some truth in this podcast this this episode. And I hate and I and the, the fact that Ron was like, Man, what if you finish recording and your shit is worse than what was already started? And <laughs> a day later, uh Conrad, yo, you're so, I'm sorry, but this is awful. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to use this, man. 
I was like, Rod, quit playing. It ain't that bad. But yeah, it's it okay. It's all right. <laughs> it was that bad. You know, I upgraded. I look official out here now with you know a mic sponsor, aka we're getting a sponsor. Shout out to Snowball Mics. You know, so a little shout out to hey. them. If your product messes me up this episode. No, I'm just Wait, they sponsor for But if they want to, you're gonna uh, shout them out. Oh, <laughs> um, so yeah. So hopefully, uh, I did a test run with everything, so we good. If not, I want my money back, Snowball. Man, Conrad about oh. to sound so crisp. It's gonna be like, man. Then we gonna have to go yep. out and buy microphones. Damn, right? Make it look bad. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Man, but y'all pray for Conrad. Pray that this audio turn out right. <laughs> He was so destroyed last week. I felt bad for my boy. I almost flew out to him. Uh, but we're going to make it this week. I got a feeling that uh, <laughs> everything going to sound right. Okay? If not, I'm running out of topics to talk about. So we can't keep <laughs> skipping weeks. Right? Okay. All, right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Since we're done with that. Um, <laughs> All right. Yep. So today, for all you uh, tech fans, I know y'all on your computer. Um waiting for the new unveiling of the new iPhone products. Um, so Apple revealed the iPhone 8, the iPhone 8 Plus separately, and then they did uh, their uh, uh, reveal of all their new Apple Watches and all that stuff. So it's cool and all, but I'm going to just jump to it. But whose man is Apple with these prices, bro? Like, I'm a, I never thought that when I went to a store to buy a laptop, I would have to think about buying a phone for the same price. <laughs> like, I'm going to drop a grand for a, for a phone. I'm going to drop a grand for a, a laptop. And, like, it's it's cool and all, but, man, I just don't feel like it's that serious. And the sad thing is, it's not even sad. It's more of the crazy thing is they're about to be sold out, pre-order, for a fact. Oh, you know it is. So I can't even get mad at uh, Apple at the same time. Like, hey, y'all using your marketing and might as well, right? You ain't going to see me in the line, though. Not me. You ain't going to see me with an iPhone X until probably 2020 when they give them shit. So that's why I'm going to pick up one. They going to be selling iPhone <laughs> and I'm going to be like, look, how much is that 5S? Okay. <laughs> What that running for? But like, listen to these yeah. prices. These are what the these are what the Man, prices. Like, yeah, time to be paying that money for uh, for the eight. It's six ninety nine. So seven hundred plus some taxes plus whatever you gonna add to it. A case, screen protector, ele- like whatever. What is it? The wireless chargers, or is that for the X? That's for the X. Um. So the plus is seven ninety nine, and then the X is nine ninety nine. So. <laughs> What? And uh, I mean, I got an iPhone and everything, but it just seems like Galaxy Android already has these features. Some of these features, you know. So I don't know. You think iPhone is a uh, Apple is a uh, um, copying in a way, fellas? Either they, all right? They copying, but it ain't nothing new. This is what they've been doing. Like everything that they come out with, it's just. Is a remake of stuff that's already been out, usually done by Windows. Uh, somehow they usually find a better way to do it. I'll give them that. But I can't remember the last time they brought something to the table that was like, we, we the first ones to do this. 
have they brought anything new since um, uh, Steve Jobs passed away? Or has everything been a copy or redo of something or redo better than something that Android Honestly, I honestly don't know. I can't think of anything. What is the innovation team doing? Yeah, I don't know because, I mean, I just, I'm not like a tech guy like that. So I just get a phone, text, call. Do what I need to do, and that's it. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, but you know how to put that box together, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, when they come out with that iBox, I'm going to be the first one. Hey, when they come out with that Apple okay. cardboard, though, All right. that's going to be correct. Hey, don't get mad at me. They're still in that right now, y'all, though. Y'all beefing now, bro. Clowning me right now, but all right. That's, that's probably the prototype. Oh, that man. They sent them a little prototype. Hey, test this out for hey, us. See if it works. We late. <laughs> we hey that audio he sent in. We were the ones that messed up. His was right. in the future. <laughs> <laughs> we tried us for twenty seventeen. Y'all wait for that audio to come. I'm out. gonna release a little snippet <laughs> so everybody can hear. It. I'm, I'm making public. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> no, nah, but for real, like I was watching uh, this. Uh, I guess documentary type show on CNN um, around the 90s. Like they covered the whole decade and everything that happened throughout the 90s. And one episode was dedicated to technology, the web, um, and everything that came about with the web in the 90s. And obviously Apple was a prominent figure um, during that decade. It showed like how ruthless Bill Gates was with Microsoft, but it also showed how much of a genius Steve Jobs was and how at the start of the decade, he was pretty much exiled from the tech community to the end of the decade, him owning the community and and bringing us iPods and the Mac computer and how just groundbreaking all that stuff is or was at the time. To now, every time um, Apple comes out with something new, it's like, well, hell, we've been waiting on that for two years because Android already had it. So I, I don't, I wonder what do they need to do to like maybe spark some new creativity, new innovation at the company? Because right now it just seems like they're just pissing people off. They make headlines about all the negatives. As opposed to like the positive. I don't, I don't think they need to do anything because they're making their money. People are still flocking in, in the lines and buying these phones. So obviously they just they're like, hey, we don't have to be all extra and make a new innovation because people are still buying our phones. So it's genius, even if it's very You're right smart. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <clears throat> I know, and I'm talking all I'm talking all this stuff, but I'm recording on my iPad. Listening on my iPhone, looking at that Apple TV. <laughs> like, they didn't catch me. Damn, I didn't even notice. I didn't. Hey, you I, know they listening. Got to got uh, I know. Damn, I'm part of the problem. You know. Sorry. Well, well, I ain't gonna know whose man that is. If you see somebody out here with an iPhone X, you know they got banks so. Go ahead, Robin, I feel like. <laughs> Wait <laughs> a minute! Really I was not expecting that one. <laughs> <We'll> rob him! 
This is uh, Brian. I do not endorse <laughs> that statement. Please don't rob on my behalf. <laughs> It was him who said that, not me. Uh, okay. Ah, uh, no, man, I'm bullshit. Let me quit playing. I'm not endorsing robbery. <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next topic because I got a really big who's man's out here. Someone that's been making headlines, maybe for as far as I've known for the past year or so, but maybe he's been out here longer. And I'm sure most of you guys have heard his name if you follow the hip hop community. And who I'm talking about is this new age rapper whose name is the most annoying name I've ever seen or heard. I'm talking about XXX Temptation, which is the simple fact that we have to go through all that to say your name is annoying enough. Like, that was that was already a turn off for me. Like, I don't even want to be a fan of you because I don't like think saying your name. <laughs> but then... Porno the, <laughs> every time I say it. Like, why is porn on my, <laughs> on my mainstream <laughs> news service? Why, why? What are y'all doing to me? I, I have special apps for that. I'll be bringing it to my normal life. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, my girl could be looking. What's wrong with you? Oh, <laughs> uh, but even going beyond his bullshit name, the dude is just literally scum. Like, so for those of you who who may not have any clue who he is, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a complete background of this dude. So he's about, I think, somewhere between the 18 to 22 age bracket. So definitely still a young guy, very young, and he's already been in and out of the court system for various charges and he has one that's pending right now i'm not sure if it's waiting to be waiting for him to go to court or what is the exact status of his case he is but it's basically about the abuse that he's done to his girlfriend of the, at the time over the past couple of years or so and the stuff that he did to her was so gruesome that i'm not even going to get into the details like the stuff i don't even feel comfortable saying out loud so you can just google it and check out you know the, the read the article that goes into details but outside of that case and the shitty stuff he's done to her, which in itself is enough to say put this man away for forever as far as I'm concerned. Because the physical and mental abuse, we talking stuff that you only see in movies that this guy was up here thinking of doing to her. And then there's also been plenty of cases about him beating up random people on camera. People who he owed money to. There's video of that. Somehow he owes money to someone, but he beats the guy up. Punching fans jumping on random people in the streets like literally dudes out here look like a walking world star video and he still somehow managed to garner all this attention and positive energy around his music so this whose man's goes out there to not only to him but to anyone who's a fan of him because you really gotta check who you putting your faith in who you putting your music your money towards you can't be out here supporting people who are living this type of life and you know i made this point on twitter for that it's one thing where, like, you become a fan of someone, like, let's say R. Kelly or Justin Timberlake, where, you know, you become a fan of them and then they do, they, you find out they've done something shitty or you see them do something shitty. Okay, yeah, that's one thing. Like, it's kind of hard to turn it off once you've been a fan of yours for five, ten years. But this dude is brand new to the scene and he's been doing all this shit before and as he's become famous. So if you can sit here and take all that information in and still love it and still love his music, that is, I just don't understand it. Have y'all heard anything from him? Uh, I. I heard last week, or was it two weeks ago, I mean, dude, to your point about support for him, this piece of trash, he had a top five debut with his album. His, I don't know if it's his first album or second, but a top five debut on the Billboard charts. So it's a lot of people out there supporting him. And I would even say, like, I don't care if it's a new artist or an established artist, once they have proven that they're their shit then 
we should not be supporting them anymore. R. Kelly, if you're still going to an R. Kelly concert in 2017, you're part of the problem now. Like, <laughs> I think we said that a few yeah. weeks ago. You were part of the problem. If you, man, like, it's, and it's not, look, I want to be fair, equal opportunity. Like, white people trash too. This is not just black people doing this stuff. This is everyone. You got you got actors out there. You got athletes out there. You got, well, you got normal people too, just doing shitty stuff, but still somehow receiving support from people, and that just kind of blows my mind. Yeah, I read the, I read I read the article about him, <clears throat> and in a way, as gruesome as it was, I was in I was in shock, and then also after that, I was like, but. Just looking at the dude's like images he posts like on his album covers, he just looks demonic to me. So even at first when I first saw him, I didn't even know he was a rapper. I thought it was like this like like hardcore metallic, you know, those dudes who are really core like hardcore, like they had those demonic pictures and like so I was like, Who's this dude? And it just he just brings he just looks like he brings off of brings on like negative energy to just just by his presence alone to me. So as far as I hope he gets everything he deserves as far as jail time or because I just read another thing that he was like laughing about his, these allegations and uh, he was laughing them off and he made these like posts on, um, I don't know if it was Snapchat or Instagram, but basically saying like, I'm not going to entertain you guys. I didn't do anything. So I'm good. Keep your name out my mouth and all this stuff. And I'm just like, come on, bro. At this point, yeah, go ahead. He, yeah, he was basically saying, like, I, I'm good. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything. And he made a comment saying the only thing I beat was the let you feel the blanket on that. But um, but he's like, other than that, I'm good. I didn't do anything. So I'm not worried about y'all. I'm not worried about what the media says. So it's just it's sad, man. And if I could say something, because if you are a fan of this show and you've listened from the beginning, we appreciate you and love you for doing that. And you've heard me uh, defend my love for Bill Cosby, all right? And at this point, it's hard not to face the fact that, hey, Bill Cosby is a shitty human being. He did some awful stuff. Um, I still love the Cosby show. Okay. I'm gonna stand by that. I do still love the Cosby show. I love every other artist on the show, but I do not support Bill Cosby. I don't know if I, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I feel like I can love the Cosby show and everybody who was involved in it while still also being able to say like, man, I will never support that guy. Can I do that? Or I feel like I it's the same way. <clears throat> I feel like Go ahead, Ron. I was gonna say I feel like you were allowed to do that because when you were watching the Cosby Show and you were like growing that affinity, you didn't know about the shitty stuff he was doing in his personal life. But it's a whole other thing where Bill Cosby was exposed in the beginning, and we decided, well, we don't care. We're gonna still watch this new show. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's still it's still your choice of who you want to listen to or if you want to keep listening, but. It's kind of hard to to say to defend, you know, against domestic violence. And in his case, it's like I feel like it's way beyond domestic, like domestic violence, because he did so much crap to that um, lady that 
I don't even know how how you can put it all together under that. But the fact that you he's like Ron said he's new, um, you know you know what he stands for, and and is also like unapologetic about it. It seems like it's really hard for you to support his music after that. But again, it's people's choice what they want to if they can separate the two things and say I like the music but don't like him. I, I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. I don't know how you can do that. But do you? I don't buy that excuse anymore in 2017 because it's hard listening to people's music without directly supporting them. Like, say, five, ten years ago, I could be a fan of R. Kelly or whoever and listen to their music and they not get no money from it because I like I can legally download it or, you know, something like that, which is sort of basically the reason I gave myself back in those days. But these days, everything you listen to is nine times out of ten, either on YouTube or a streaming site or something. So the money is going towards the artist. So every time you press play, you're directly supporting them to continue living that lifestyle and let them make those decisions. So that's why I just feel like you can't have that excuse anymore that I support the artist's music or their work, but not them themselves because they go hand in hand. Do you guys also feel that same way with like athletes or actors or actresses? I mean, hey, there's some women out there who have been um, charged with domestic violence too. Like, do you feel that same type of um, reaction or need to like not promote this person or not support this person if they play for your favorite team or if they're in a movie you want to see. Yeah. I feel that same. I'm not perfect. I make, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I mean, All right. yeah, to some extent. Yeah. Because for instance, um, like my, my favorite team is the Eagles. And during that time when that wide receiver, um, made those comments racial slurs to um about his teammate i didn't as much i love the eagles but i was really hard it was really hard for me to watch that and think that this dude is still playing for them you know like as many as much as but i still watch the eagles but i just didn't i don't i mean i had first of all i really didn't care for the guy i think it was Ryan. i forgot the guy's name because it just didn't i didn't care for him so i guess it for sports and athletics, you can separate them because it's such a, a big team. So if like one individual does something you don't like, you don't have to necessarily factor him, I guess. But then again, if it's like a big person like Ray Lewis or something, you know, uh, I don't know. I guess that is hard now. I'm thinking about talking out loud about it. But Ron, what are you about to say? Because <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. I was going to say that. To your original question about, you know, can we apply those same things to actors and athletes and that? I would say I'm not perfect in the sense that, yes, I do apply that same logic towards them, but it's not as easy for me to withdraw away from the the body of work. And kind of for those same reasons you were talking about, like, if someone on the Lions does something outrageous and and they're still on the team, no, I'm not going to support that player individually, but I'm also not going to stop watching the games because it's bigger than just what that one player is. And maybe that is contradictory but you know i ain't perfect like i was saying in the beginning that is true like hey we're not perfect we don't always make the right decisions but hey if i see something shitty happening or um i know a person is being shitty i can call them out as such and choose to support them or not to support them um and honestly that's your right to do so um it's just hard. Like, obviously, you you hear this topic. One person that comes to mind really quickly is Chris Brown, and it's like, man, like, I I go back to when I was in college. Yeah, that was a while ago. But Chris Brown was 
the most popular thing out there. And everybody was saying he's going to be the next MJ. He's so he's so um, young. He can dance. He can sing. He's a, He seems like a cool dude. Boom. The incident with Rihanna happens overnight. He is rightfully so vilified. And uh, he hasn't done much to help himself. It's hard for me to listen to a Chris Brown or see, listen to a Chris Brown song, see a Chris Brown video and not think like, my God, like, man, should I be watching this? Should I be supporting this guy? Uh, how should I feel right now? I know he just went on a, 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 a tour around the U.S. And I saw he had a few sold out concerts and he had a few famous people come out and support him. And it, it's that same like dirty feeling like, man. Is this right? Like, why are y'all why are y'all screaming for him? Why are y'all supporting him? And I know that I know there's also an argument for like, hey, did he serve his time? Did he has he moved on from that? And I mean, you can make an argument for maybe he has, maybe he hasn't, especially for some of the stuff he's done over the past few years with other girlfriends. But I get that same feeling with like him. That's who comes to mind when I hear stuff like this. Not comparing at all with this uh, non-pronounceable name guy did versus what Chris Brown did. But just saying like that, it gives me that same like uneasy feeling, a sick feeling almost. I don't know if you guys feel the same or feel feel exactly the same. Like when it comes to Chris Brown, he was one that I didn't hop off the train as soon as I should have. Like after the incident happened, I probably still listened to the next album or two. And as time went on and I saw that he wasn't, you know, atoning for what he'd done or getting any better, that's when I was like, all right, this guy, I can't mess with him anymore. And at this point, I would say for for a while, I was even still listening to the old songs that I loved, but I've gotten to a point now where I can't even listen to the old stuff anymore because it's, it's just all reminds me of what he's done. Yeah. Like, R. Kelly is my go-to karaoke song. Ignition Remix, I tear the house down every time. I sing it at karaoke, all right? But I had to switch. <laughs> I can't do it no more because I feel icky. And people be looking at me weird. And I'm like, why y'all looking at me like that? Why y'all not, why y'all not screaming for me? <laughs> Swaying. <laughs> well, you know, I be killing. Um, but now I gotta, I mean, look, I'm not making light of what R. Kelly did. I'm just saying, like, that's the feeling you get when you looking at these people and you stop seeing them as your entertainment and you look at them as that man or woman who's charged with doing this ugly thing. And you can no, it just feels like you no longer can enjoy it for what it was. You just got to look at it for what it is. Right, especially when it comes to R. Kelly. Because once I started realizing who he was thinking about when he was singing these songs, I was like, I can't vibe with this. Man, man. He told us the whole. He told us the whole time what he was about. R. Kelly always been shitty. Like, like I was like, he never lied. <laughs> he ain't never lied. R. Kelly always he wrote for Aaliyah. I mean, look, you can say if he married her or not. I don't know the for real, for real. But he wrote AJ nothing but a number. This video of him saying he's looking for. Uh, someone who looks 18. Like, that stuff is, there's video evidence of it. There's audio files of it. There's also video evidence of 
that infamous video, obviously. Oh, yeah, you did a lot about that one. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but R. Kelly been shitty. And it's like, damn, did we just all kind of like turn our turn our uh, eyes away and say, oh, well, you know, maybe he just, maybe he's just being an artist. He don't really mean that stuff. Even when he told us he meant it, it was like, damn, nah, he don't mean, he don't really mean it. We don't have to believe him for that. God, fuck you, R. Kelly. Excuse me. <laughs> nah, he deserves that. Yeah, fuck you, R. Kelly. Don't excuse my language. <laughs> Let's move on to something positive, man. Right, man. We don't focus enough on the uh, yeah on the, the negativity is starting to build up too much. Let's, let's get switch gears a little bit. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up the who's man section, and we're gonna move on over to our drink to that section. So for those of you who need a refresher, this is where we just kind of talk about some things that are going on positive in the world. Show a little love to people out here doing great things. So, B shock. You got anything you want to show some love to? Hey, I think we all want to send some love first to. Uh, a couple that we know and love, uh, they are near and dear to our hearts. If you listen to the start of each of our podcasts and the end to our podcast, we lead off with a song produced by this guy. Uh, this young lady has supported our podcast from day one and they went off and got engaged. I mean, Conrad, you know their names? Like, you know these people's is? Austin's my man's. Don's my man's. Hey. Or my woman. Hey. Man's, woman's. Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways. She, she's our woman. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. It's a great, great day. Uh, August 29th was a big day. They uh, Austin took that knee on the, the beautiful country of Belize off the Caribbean coast. Um, North Central America. So they're uh, we're really happy for them. Um, excited for this wedding because it's about to be extremely fun. I can't even imagine what is going to go down for this wedding because they're two amazing characters, funny. Um, and so we're really happy for them. So shout out to y'all. Drink to y'all. Hey, 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 hey! A plug, plug. Hey, which one? Plug, plug for uh, Dom's YouTube channel. Um, for all our vegans, vegetarians, even those who like meat and just want to incorporate a more uh, plant-based diet, um, check out our YouTube channel, uh, Meatless Maven, and uh, subscribe. And she got some delicious meals. Um, I know some of us have uh, tried them, so get to it. Yeah, I made the the pizza pockets that I saw on her channel. Them boys came out nice. Definitely does meal to add to rotation. That's what I'd recommend. Yes, sir. I know y'all acting like I ain't hear my question, but which one of y'all nuts? Uh, to be, um, I think I have a <laughs> just <laughs> wait on it. Just uh, wait on okay. it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll just go with my nuts straight to that. Uh, <laughs> look, a few, uh, two. Wait, was it a week ago? About a week ago. Hey. Uh, <laughs> my girl, my girl, Serena. Jamika Williams and this lucky dude. He is so lucky. Alexis, you are so I did this last week for y'all who didn't have the audio. But he is so lucky, my my dude. You are so lucky, dude. <laughs> okay. But they had a baby. Alright? They had a beautiful baby girl. Uh she's obviously a queen. 
All right. She already won like two Grand Slams, okay, during birth. So she's already better than your fave. Um, and I just want to say congrats to Serena. I cannot wait to have you back on a tennis court because we all know you're the greatest. One, you're the greatest athlete to ever live. Don't at me, okay? Come at me if you want to, but don't get your feelings hurt. Greatest athlete, greatest tennis player, greatest, um, uh, uh, <laughs> those two things. <laughs> I guess you can't do nothing better than that. But, uh, <laughs> she swagged out her, uh, fiance, Alexis Ohanian, who founded, uh, Reddit. He's pretty cool himself, I guess, because she chose him. But, uh, he's lucky. We all know that. Uh, just congrats to you two. Serena, I cannot wait until you come back to tennis. We need you. It's so boring without you. Venus trying to hold it down, but she can't do it by herself. Come back. Just come on. Bring the baby with you. You can play with the baby on court. We don't care. Just come back. All right. Damn. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and keep it in the tennis world for my drink to that. And I'm going to give a shout out to the newest champ from the last mm. US Open. So, Sloan mm. Stevens came into the mix out of nowhere. Like, I don't follow the sports, so I definitely didn't know her name. But from what I heard, that she was like ranked 200 and some, basically unseated when she came into the tournament and came out on top. Like, I think she, I saw that she was ranked number 17 now. So, moved up about 200 spots over the course of the past Seven. couple of weeks. That's a yeah, pretty seventeen or what thirty seven? What was it? What was the money? Thirty seven point something million dollars, Richard. Three points, right? Why are you so salty, bro? Yep. Well, hold on, Brian. Million. Why are you salty, bro? You mad? Cause first of all, I'm not salty. I'm just saying I ain't never heard y'all <laughs> call because out you Serena do it for us. You do it for us. Or you do it for us. You don't even let us speak. Sloan come along and y'all <laughs> like, oh, I ain't never watched tennis before, but. <laughs> Let me call her out. <laughs> like Serena and Venus ain't been doing this for a hundred so years. Salty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, swag you out, Sloan, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you so bro, it's okay, out. man. Like, the Williams sisters cannot win them all, bro. Or can they? Well, they didn't win the last one, well, so. <laughs> <laughs> Look, much love to first. I'll say much love to the Williams sisters because it's obvious they paved the way for women like Sloan and those who are going to come after her. But she earned it. Right now it's her time to shine. I'm drinking the air for her. Man, I know. Before I'm called a hater, I am very proud of Sloan. Look, if you're a tennis fan, especially if you're a Serena fan, you know Sloan has said some stuff about Serena in the past. But we're gonna move on from that, okay? I'm gonna. I'm moving on right now. Y'all ready? I moved on right there. That was it. So congrats, Sloan. Proud of you. Represent for the black people. We love you. You fine. You are fine now. Okay? We all can agree on that. Girl, it's bad. Babe, if you listening right now, I didn't mean that part. I just added that because <laughs> I thought it would be, like, good to add. Okay? But don't don't add me for that. Okay. But Sloan, congrats. <laughs> hey, Oh. All right, let's go ahead and keep it moving. So we got a special, um, you know, something special for y'all coming up real soon. But before we hop into that, I'm gonna go ahead and just make sure y'all re- y'all know how y'all can get at us because we want y'all to continue to keep reaching out to us. 
We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your questions, topics. We want to hear what's on your mind. We want to hear basically anything. Just talk to us, all right? We can kind of lonely. The inbox been kind of empty for a few days. And we want to, we know we haven't really heard too much from the people. For those of you who want to reach us, you can reach us at the Who's Man's Podcast. So at gmail.com. You can send us the email through there. So that's W H O S M A N S Podcast at gmail.com. You can also just get at us via at Who's Man's Podcast. So that's our at name on Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud. That's basically what we go by. So you just search that on any of your favorite social media. You can find us on there. And then for those of you who check us out on iTunes, make sure you hit the subscribe and leave a review for us. We want your honest feedback. You know, give us a few stars, whatever you feel is your honest opinion. We definitely need those reviews because that's how we get our name out there, move up on the charts and get a little bit more uh, brand recognition out there. So please leave us your open and honest feedback on there. All right. So today we're going to jump in and go ahead and get started on these topics. Today's topic, we have a special guest in here with us. Someone very special to me, especially. That's me, lady. Miss <laughs> Tori, she is joining us in the building. She got some things she want to talk about with us, and she, I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hey guys, hope you're doing well out there. Happy to be here. Um, should I tell you guys about myself? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, Tori. <tor-tor. laughs> talk a lot of shit about Beyonce. Don't talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Real quiet now, um, Brian, huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We won't go there. <laughs> um, but I'm Tori, and I'm from Michigan, and went to Michigan State with these three fine fellows, and moved to the Dallas, Texas area about five years ago. Um, and I am Ron's girlfriend. We've been dating for about two years. Um, right now, um, I work in recruiting, but um, on the side, um, I've been working. Well, I shouldn't say I've been working. That's a lie. But <laughs> I, I was working on blogging. It's called Beauty on a Budget. Check it out. It's got seven posts so far. Kind of been on a hiatus, but I'm going to get back to it. Kind of lost my spirit, but I'm going to get there. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's pretty much giving tips on outfit ideas under 50 bucks, so... I don't shop at designer places. I shop at Forever 21, Target, Ross, that kind of stuff. So hey, listeners, Tori be looking fly, listeners, by the way. And so you really should check out that uh, blog because she, she was styling and looking fresh to death. So check it out for real. Hey, Tori, I'm I'm beautiful and I live on a budget. Can I be a part of your, <laughs> your blog? Of course you can. It's for men and women, so of course you can. Because Old Navy go hard, okay? I don't never wear nothing you right? over $50. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the reason why we brought Miss Tori in today is because we have a topic we want to talk about. We want to make sure we got a woman's perspective on things because you don't want to see her and listen to a bunch of dudes talk about things that involve both genders. So we want to make sure that we got some perspective on both sides of it. Now, the biggest thing going on around for us in the media wise is Insecure just wrapped up. Season two is now officially in the books. So first off, let's just go ahead and talk about some of our thoughts. You know, what did you guys think of the whole episode as a, uh, in general? Conrad, what do you uh, think? The, so I really enjoyed uh, this season. Um, I think one is because we got to know the deeper sides of each character and more in depth and get to see their true struggles. Cause I feel like in the first season, it was kind of like an intro of um, each character in a way. And it wasn't like we got 
you know, to know Isela and um, Molly, but in this season, we really got to know them and what they're struggling with and how they're overcoming it and um, whose man's is Lawrence literally in this whole show because he doesn't even know. Um, <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. Um, so I guess when we talk about the end of it, the last episode was it was really good. Um, I feel like I did Molly a little bit wrong, but I guess we'll find out where that takes in the third season. So, but that was my take on the whole thing. Man, I was really worried when this season started because I did not enjoy the season opener at all. I thought it was too predictable. I felt like I'm like, oh man, y'all y'all just doing what Twitter wants y'all to do. Y'all not pushing it to the next level. But man, I can honestly say every single episode got better and better and better to the point now where I'm like, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do for until 2018 to see more episodes. But I just love seeing black people that I know. And what I mean by that is we're not a superhero. We're not the comedic relief. We're not, you know, some some fairy tale if you will we're just normal human beings who mess up and do stuff wrong and have to figure out how to fix it and have friends who care about us even when we're doing wrong it just felt like I saw even though it's like from a a woman's point of view I still saw myself in Issa I saw myself in Jade or not Jade that's his real name uh Lawrence I saw myself in Molly I saw myself in like every character and that just feels so dope to like be able to watch TV and feel like, man, I totally relate to that character. What about you guys, Ron and Tori? I feel you on that, but I'm going to go ahead and pass out to Miss Tori first to tell you what she thought about it. Oh, sure. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so, I'm, Brian, I'm actually surprised you thought that the season opener was um, predictable because I didn't predict the ending of that episode with Lawrence and Issa had sex. Can you hear me? Hey, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was. What I was really trying not to say anything. I couldn't. I couldn't. No, my keypad went away, and I couldn't find the mute button. Uh, <laughs> well, it's alright. You know, it's okay. I'm sorry, we're not gonna cut okay. a lot of this stuff out, so we're good. It was yeah, like a perfect like a, pause. Well, problem. Okay. Hey, I thought we... Oh, okay. Do do we want to just keep one phone on mute for the whole time? Can y'all hear me fine right yeah. now? Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. So I'll start over. Um, so I really enjoyed this season. But Brian, I am surprised, though, that you thought the season opener was predictable. Because I sure didn't predict that Lawrence and Issa were going to have sex in the end of it. Did you? Totally. You always have. Really? Oh, yeah. Every time okay, you break I didn't, up. I didn't think that. I that did. moment okay. where you got to get yeah. back together. I'm with Tori because that was, was not, I, yeah, I was not, not expecting expect- it like that. At least in that dramatic act of just like, boom, you know? Usually like, but yeah, right. go ahead, Tori. Sorry. So pretty much, bottom line, every single person on the show needs to get their life together. But what I do appreciate it's how realistic they are because I literally do have friends like Issa. I have friends like Molly and I think there's people out there. And I think it's kind of cool how, you know, we really care about the decisions that we make. Cause you know, Molly. 
I have friends like Molly who don't take my advice, and they know it's good advice, and they won't take it. But I've just learned Molly's the type of person you just got. She's got to learn the hard way. She's. I have a feeling. Um, someone said that they think that uh, I don't know if we're doing season three predictions right now, but um, I have some feelings about Dro and Molly. I have some feelings about Daniel and Issa. I just feel like everyone needs to take a break from relationships. But all in all, I have really enjoyed the season. Probably my favorite so far. Yeah, I got to agree that I've enjoyed the season a lot as well. And I think that what I've enjoyed the most about it is that not only are we getting insight into their relationships, but insight into their personal lives as well as far as how their careers are going. So we see Molly struggling at work and not necessarily making the best decisions. We see Molly having issues where she's not being treated fairly based off her gender and race. And then we see Lawrence going through his issues where he's not being taken seriously or, you know, People aren't really approaching him the way they would if he was a white male. So I think that I like that we not only get to see how they behave when interacting with each other, but we get the chance to see how when none of those other people are even in the picture, what's their life like. I think that's some good insight and things that we can really relate to. So as we go ahead and talk about it, let's talk about a couple of special situations that happen within the, um, throughout the season. First one I want to talk to y'all about is how do y'all feel about the whole open relationship thing that Dro claimed they had going on? Y'all think that's legit? Man. I'm so happy Tori on the episode. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Tori, no no pressure, but you represent all of them. Okay? <laughs> all of them. 100% of them. Uh, so go ahead and open it up for us. What you think, Miss Tori? First of all, as I've thought about it, so I've heard like different perspectives from women especially, and I am starting to believe that Drew is lying about this open relationship. Because I feel like they've had sex a hundred times. You would think by now, like in most open relationships from what I've heard, they, each each uh, member of the relationship at least lets the other person know when they want to see, when they want to see someone that they're interested in someone. So you think... If they were in a relationship, Drew and his wife, I can't remember her name, but you think that that would be something that they would talk about, all three of them. And you would think Molly would be smart enough to say, hmm, girl, are you guys really in an open relationship? Because Joe and I have been messing around. So again, that just goes back to how Molly is not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, she literally is the show. She is very insecure. The slightest attention she gets, she, she runs for it. And Drew, number one, is not even that. I just feel like <laughs> I just don't know how she got sucked into that one, but um, I definitely think he's lying about it being open. And if someone mentioned that they wouldn't be surprised if uh, his wife ended up pregnant, and there's no way Molly's gonna, you know, have a chance at all with it. That would be interesting to see. That's what I think is going to happen. Ooh. I think she's going to get knocked up. I just feel like season three... I just feel like season three needs to be the season where Molly gets her ass like, together. She really... <laughs> <laughs> it's been two seasons of her making bad decisions. <laughs> and that's true. Like It's so cool to see like this character of Molly, who is a black woman, who is uber successful. Okay, She's doing well... No, she's not making the money she deserves, but damn it, she's out there demanding it. She is living on her own. Like, that—that that is, one, so great to see, but man, she's screwed up, you know? And she has these issues with men, and she doesn't seem 
like my boy um i don't i forget his real name but from this is us uh uh i forget his real name but yeah he played the character who on paper is perfect you got this black dude who is your equal almost and yet you can't seem to find the good in him but yet you can only find the good in someone else's man like that to me is screwed up that that's because molly mm. doesn't know her worth mm. oh <laughs> well <laughs> tori you preaching tonight or <laughs> is this the sermon come on ram go ahead go ahead <laughs> I think that's definitely something that a lot of women go through of when they when they do get attention from men, they translate it in they translate it in a way that sometimes they feel like, oh, this could be someone that I have a serious relationship with or someone that I could see myself falling in love with. I think she just gets so caught up and she has such a low self esteem. No one has actually told her, Hey Molly, you're beautiful, you're intelligent, you have a great job. You you know, I, I love the intellect in, in your mind. She, I don't, I think she's trying to, she, she feels like something's really going to come and drill and it's really not. And I really think that comes down to her not knowing. But in a way, Tori, I feel like there are guys that tell her that. For instance, um, <clears throat> that character that came in, the guy who acts in This Is Us, we need to find out what his name is, but who, 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 uh, who um came to the, mom and dad's uh, anniversary and he was like showing a lot of interest in him in her like you know he expressed how he felt about her and still she was just like yeah no because you're not what i think i should have you know like i'm this black woman working at a top law firm all i need is like another successful black guy you know or something i don't get it yeah i just don't get her honestly because she's had two Two successful black guys come to her and previously in this last episode with um, her friend that's been like hooking her up with all these interviews and trying to help her out. And it's just like, why is it so hard for you? I guess my question to you, I guess, Tori, since you um, are speaking for all the ladies in this world right now, why is it so hard for um, women to see to see that in like men that actually care for them? They might not be the most attractive or the most successful but why is it so hard for sometimes like see it's right if what they're looking for is right in front of them like literally right in front of them but they choose not to see it hey just really quick his name is sterling k brown that's the dude we're talking about so i just wanted to give him a shout out go ahead tori um so i don't want to speak for all women because they're definitely women are going to have different experiences and perspective but from what i could gather I don't know what her relationship is like with her mom and dad. We didn't really get much information on that. Um, just the whole infidelity thing. But from what I've observed, I think it could come from maybe her and her past not feeling loved. Maybe she's had past relationships where she, um, you know, didn't feel appreciated or, you know, a men in her life or women in her life. Maybe her mom and dad, you know, didn't say I love you enough. I don't know. I It could just be a matter of Molly just doesn't really know what she wants. 
she's so she really I think she needs to figure out who she is. I think that's what the problem is because uh the character that Sterling plays and someone like the guy uh what's that uh comedian's name? Lorel. Yeah, Lorel. Yeah, he's also someone that uh that has the the work experience and the money that she's looking for, but apparently he's not her type. So I just think she literally just does not know what she wants and she needs to take a break and actually find herself and go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nothing's wrong with therapy, but nothing at all. Molly, uh, Molly's a great character, but also, uh, if you look at Lawrence's, uh, kind of character throughout this season, (laughs) (laughs) hey (laughs) look i was never a part of the lawrence time okay (laughs) but your boy (laughs) your boy got a lot this summer (laughs) this uh this season okay (laughs) he had his fair share from uh his um i don't even know what you call that sets that he had with Issa to start off the season to his interactions with some random white girls at the grocery store. Look, the takeaway is, if you don't got your money at the grocery store, you leave the grocery store, alright? Don't ask questions. <laughs> don't talk to people, okay? <laughs> to him, like, going through, what her name? Tasha? We still don't like Tasha. I still don't like Tasha. Uh, I yeah. don't understand. Man, like, Lawrence just went, had highs and lows and, again, another character who never seemed I think this is like going to be a theme, but a character who never kind of figured it out for the whole season. What do you guys think about Lawrence? I think he kind of did figure it out towards the end. Like, you remember the conversation that he had with Issa where he was willing to like self-reflect and admit his faults? Now, if he's actually going to take that self-reflection and make adjustments to his lifestyle based off that, we'll find out in season three. But it does seem like he's at least realizing or he at least realized that he played his part in everything that's happened to him. That's fair. I think I think it definitely cleared up. I, I think that conversation needed to happen in that last episode because I was afraid that they were never going to reconcile after the way it ended in the second to last season or second to last episode. Um, but I think maybe that, I'm hoping season three will be just a time of self reflection for Lawrence because <laughs> every woman he was in contact with, he he messed up. So. <laughs> every single one <laughs> every single even when one. he had two of them that one time he messed up like <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ you can't get right <laughs> alright so there's another big moment that happened that I definitely want to talk about because I've seen a lot of divide on the timeline with my friend groups about this, this how we reacted to the situation so I feel like we kind of passed upon the spoiler alerts, but for anyone who hasn't seen the, the episode or the season, there was an episode where Issa's, I mean, not boyfriend, what do you want to call them and what they're doing? Her, her buddy. Okay, yeah, her fuck buddy, Daniel. They got together one night, did what they usually do, but Issa decided to switch it up a little bit and go down on them. And towards the end of this, she caught one to the face. <laughs> hey, Ron, Ron. Hey, Ron. <laughs> What's up? Just before we go there, like, Earlier in that episode, there was a lot of dialogue, and I heard some feedback on this around, hey, black women don't give head, and mom, if you're listening right now, why? (laughs) 
anybody knows that if you listen to this, stop. Okay, grow up. Don't do that. Um, but but there was a whole bunch of dialogue around. Hey, how do you keep your man? And how do you uh, if you don't give head, you're not doing the right thing. And oh, I'm above giving head and all that conversation. I was just wondering, like, what did you guys think about that dialogue? Especially because it was all women having the dialogue and no men were involved. I had never heard that. I only heard that from one person. Um, one, one black woman that, that is against giving head. Um, you, you often hear the whole stereotype that white women are freakier than black women. Um, but yeah, that one was strange to me. But I, I read an article where Issa talked about, because I guess there was some controversy with that, with that scene. White women were in their feelings, blah, 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 blah. So, um, Issa was just saying that, um, these are just conversations that she's had with her friends. So that's why she mentioned it in the episode. Tori, can I ask you a question? Have you guys? Is that, that one yeah. woman you know? Is she single? You know what? I think so. <laughs> can, can I ask can I ask the three of you a question and you don't have to answer if you don't want to this is just my understanding is it a deal breaker if a woman doesn't want to get no, it no no <laughs> well <laughs> thanks Rattles thanks ladies and gentlemen it just got <laughs> Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I was gonna begin, say that it doesn't come down to like I think it's a blanket rule that you know all men and all women should be doing that. I think it comes down to the couple and what those individual people have their needs for. But I think it's a little immature to have something that's so widely accepted as being a form of love and automatically say that you are just never willing to do that and you're above that. Like to me, that's like saying I'm above kissing. Like that just sounds like you don't want to do what people do. Hmm. Yeah, I would say it's not a deal breaker, but just know I'm a I'm gonna ask for it or sell you on it <laughs> throughout our it's gonna happen eventually. I'm gonna wear you down. But hey, think, <laughs> that just doesn't yeah. sound right, bro. <laughs> oh, sorry. A, I don't even know how to clean that yep, up. Now. It's too late. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, come on, it's 2017. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a deal breaker because there's other ways to um, give pleasure to your significant other. As we've learned from other episodes, you can use fruit. Um, but I guess, <laughs> but I guess that, I, but I guess that entails doing it. But, um, but yeah, it's not a deal breaker. But anyways, all right. So let's go ahead and talk about the exact situation that happened in the episode. So like I was mentioning, Issa was hooking it up with her boyfriend, with her uh, fuck buddy Daniel, and towards the end of her going down on him, she caught one to the face, and she was none too happy about it. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of the battle on whether or not her feelings were, or her reaction was appropriate, and whether she had a right to have those feelings. So I want to get y'all thoughts on in on it first. Which overreacted, overreacted, overreacted. Because you know why I think she overreacted because she set him up for that. She set herself up for that because she came in there saying, I'm going to treat you right. I'm, you know, she she came on very not Issa like once they're hooking up because usually in all the other scenes we're seeing, Daniel's been the one who's like kind of taking over control, 
So after that whole sex ed class or whatever little sex expo they went to, she was thinking about it. She's like, you know what? Tonight's the night. I'm going to do this. So like Daniel said, like he was caught off surprise as he was, she was doing that in the first place. She was going down on him. So he thought it was in the scene and come on, like my man's just was in the moment. It happened. And then the fact that you say you embarrassed me, who was there? Who are you embarrassing? Who was there watching you ought to be embarrassed? No, I was watching to be embarrassed. Um, I can see, and especially if he was, he actually felt bad about it. That he's like, yo, I'm sorry. I thought you were into it. Like, it's my, it's, it happens. Like, it's not like he was just over there and he just was like, hey, I'm about to come on your face. And then, boom, do it, you know? <laughs> it was just like, in the moment, sorry you got one to the eye. I almost got blind. But I thought she overreacted the way she handled it. I thought, I thought it was, I think in that scene, I was like, okay. That was a little immature of you, Issa, because first of all, you're going through this whole phase that you want to experience something. It didn't go well like you thought it was going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I thought she handled it. I did. Oh, yeah, or did. Um, but yeah, that was my thought of it. Now, I totally 100% agree with Conrad. Like, this is what you at Well, not that you asked for it, but that is something that happens when you are in that uh action <laughs> i'm not going there but um for her to get like i can understand if you're embarrassed by it but let's like don't make me the villain because of this like let's talk through it let's deal with it and move on from it but for her to like get pissed at him and even for like molly in the next episode to like get pissed with her which i get that's your best friend like i'm a ride or die with my best friends too but call a thing a thing, like you overreacting, yo. Like that's 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 kind of part of it. If if you're gonna go for that action, okay. Well, Miss Tori, what, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I seem to be well from what I can see to be the only one who at least sympathizes with how she reacted so okay so two things um i don't think it's fair to say that she shouldn't have been embarrassed i don't think it's fair to say that she her reaction was immature now do i believe that she overreacted a little bit yeah because i I went back and watched the scene again and yes to hugh warner yes but it happened so fast she didn't really have enough time to get her head up so she could avoid it because normally I, i mean from from what i would assume if, if, if a man is saying he's about to come, you expect it to go in your mouth so you move your head. So I can see why she'd be embarrassed because, and I'm trying to think it from in, in her shoes. It's almost like him coming in her eye was just like like treating her like a piece of trash or like, like a rag to just wipe his dick on. And I think that's where, I think that's where I sympathize with her. I don't think she needed to go off on him like that because... If that happened to me, I would be embarrassed too. A lot of people say that it was a shot to her ego, which most likely, yeah, because this rotation system that she has is not working <laughs> at all. At all. And I think that was a direct reflection of it. She's not about that life. And I think she realized that. <laughs> um, so by that, I, I, I can see why she would be overreacted. She didn't know what to expect. Now, and I see why Molly would defend 
gender because Molly says she doesn't give head. So, of course, she's going to think that's inappropriate, too. So why wouldn't she, you know, support her in that? And I don't know if we're going to talk about the season or the episode after that of Daniel and Lisa's conversation. But um, at that moment when Daniel apologized and made that horrible joke, I did not blame Issa for her reaction at all in that moment. It was a a shitty joke. It was at the wrong time. It was almost like he was trying, he really was trying to get her back and she took it that way. I think she had every right to react however she did to a bad joke. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. I'll give you that. That's fair. But do you think, Tori, that the way she reacted when it happened also was possibly enticed by what they were talking about before at the expo? It might have been. It might have been her saying, you know what, this is why I don't do this. <laughs> and that's probably what got her pissed off about it. Because um, obviously after that class, she was full of herself. She wanted to try something new. And then when it happened, it just totally killed the mood. Um, but like I said, I, I do think that Daniel was innocent and feeling the way he did. I don't think it was intentional. I think it just kind of happened. Well, I think the biggest thing that gets me is that this wasn't a new situation for Issa. I mean, we could make assumptions about how experienced she is in it, but we also definitely know that she did it at least once before in season one when she did it with Daniel. I mean, that was with Lawrence. So Lawrence didn't jizz in her eye. But she's been in that situation to know what they expect. Not necessarily, because not... Well, I'm not going to go here and expose myself. But. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> What's up, Brian? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but, Tori, can I ask you something really quick? Like, I feel like, hey, an accident, which I, I'm not going to say that. Uh, an accident is one thing. On purpose is another. Like, if he purposely did it, I totally understand her. But as a guy, you don't always have control over whatever, your ejaculation. Right? <laughs> your ejaculation. Yeah. Okay. All right. You don't have control over that. You don't know how how full it's going to be, where it's going to shoot. Hey, I get surprised. Like, whoa, where'd you come from? Like, that, like you don't always have control over that. So I feel like that's not fair to him to like. Say, oh man, what what are you doing? Like, I don't know. I didn't know that was gonna happen either. I should be pissed too. Not 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 saying he should have been pissed. I'm joking, but like, is it really fair? I, I get you're saying like, hey, she overreacted, but it was like that's that's like a normal bodily function. How is that even fair to be mad at even down the line? But the thing is, I don't think she knew that would happen because for I can only assume that uh that never happened with Lawrence. I can only assume that he warned her and then gave her enough time to put her head up. Because the way she reacted, it, obviously that was the first thing that had ever happened. So that's why I really can't blame her because, I, again, I don't think it's fair because I would never assume that someone's just going to jizz in my eye. That's not, And I was surprised that people were saying she should have expected it. I don't know. I mean, I don't, know. I don't think anyone was saying she should have expected to get hit in the eye, but she should have been expecting that something was going to come out and to react accordingly, which is what she didn't do. She put herself in a position where that could happen. Well, if you look at the scene again, I saw her putting her head up, like beginning to put her head up. She was just too late from from my, from what I could see. And I think that's on her. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, uh, I think it's your time to... Uh... <laughs> 
Give us uh, your thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't think anyone's really going to change their opinion on that one, but I was definitely interested to just hear, you know, what your thoughts were and see how what yeah. that back and forth is going to be like. But, you know, it's good to know that these show, this show can prompt these type of conversations. So I really don't see how else we were going to have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, I do hope that we get to see Issa do an interview or whatever to explain the intent of that scene, though. Issa, we got you. Come on on. We got we ready to interview you. Come on. All right, right here. We got a spot. Right come, come to Richmond, though. We got you. <laughs> come to Richmond. All right, so before we wrap up Insecure Talk, I want to wrap it up and just go around and say, what do y'all want to see next season? So, be shy. Let's start off. What you want to see? Like, I want to see, um, well, one, I love the fact, like I said earlier, I love the fact that I get to see myself, I get to see my friends, and all these different characters. With that said, I'm one of those people who kind of want Lawrence and Issa to get back together. Alright? Shoot me if you want to. I think that they... I know that feeling. When you know that person is for you, they were there for you, and it's hard for you to kind of see that in someone else. And maybe you you got caught up in something and you two don't rock the same way anymore. But that's the real one. And I hope hopefully they see that in each other. I'm totally prepared for that not to happen, but that's what I hope. Um, with Molly, I kind of want this. I, I, I'm going to say what I want, and I'm going to say what I feel is going to happen. I want Molly to understand her worth, and I want her to get with someone who cherishes her and who may have faults, but can support Molly in the way she needs to be supported. What I think is going to happen I think Molly's going to go through a dark season. I think I think what could happen, because we never figured out what job she went with, I could see her losing both. I could see Molly struggling to find a new job. I could see her kind of falling out with Issa and her friendship, because you saw a little bit of, a little bit of that in the episode um, before the season finale. I could see kind of Molly uh, getting caught up with Dro in the wrong way. And him not being there to support her. Um, I hope that doesn't happen, but I could totally see it. Um, overall, look, I want a season four. That's what I want most out of season three. So I'll pass it on. All right, Tori, what about you? What you want to see? Um, definitely want to see more scenes of Molly being in therapy and actually taking her therapist advice. Um, I, I think you're right, Brian, that we are going to see more of Dro and Molly, but I think um, it's definitely going to get, there's still going to be some more drama because I do think that something's going to happen where his wife ends up pregnant and Molly just becomes, you know, just a regular side chick. Um, um, I do see, uh, Issa and Lawrence working on their friendship, at least being cordial this season, but I see Lawrence also taking a break from relationships, um. But I'm, I'm kind of stuck on what's going to happen with Issa and Daniel. That the, the season finale where apparently she moves in with him for a while, that kind of surprised me. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that. So I'm not sure what to expect with those mm. two. All right, Kyra, what about you? Um, I'm the opposite of Brian. Like, I, I don't think I want to see Lawrence and Issa back together, at least not anytime soon. Um, to be honest, I kind of like that new girl he was with because she was real with him and she wasn't going to put up with his shit. But um, she was messy. she's also, <laughs> well, at least you know how Tori feels. 
she shouldn't have invited herself to that party, and she knows. Yeah, anyway, I mean, ahead. you're right. But besides that, <laughs> I still think like. <laughs> anyway, I liked her. I, I mean, she said she did some stuff that was a little uh, gave her the side eye, but so did Issa and all of them. But um, I agree with Molly. Every what everyone said of Molly, I don't think we're, Molly's going to get fixed yet because I feel like if it was, if she were to be like fixed soon and figure out everything, then the season will be short. Because I feel like the way it ended, it's like everyone said it's going to be about Molly season three. So I don't know. I just. As Kelly would say, I just want to see growth in this in this uh, um, next season, um, and it's just crazy how it's so short but so good. Um, Thirty minute shows episodes, and I'm still like, just leaves you. It was great. That was great. Uh, whoever they're, I don't know what you go marketing PR to say, let's do a thirty minute show and still get people hooked that that fast is amazing. So um, I don't think they need to make it longer. I think they just need to keep the way it is so it can keep um, attracting people. <clears throat> so, I don't know. It's going to be a good season. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, I think I'm going to take it in a different direction with the things I want to see from the next season. First off, I want to see more Kelly. She's my favorite side character. Every time she pops up, it's she's hilarious. And I want to know more about what's going on in her life. They need to make her a regular. Second, I definitely want to see what's going on between, uh, what's that for the names? Uh, Tiffany. Yep, Tiffany and Derek. So I've been pointing this out to some people that I saw some things going on in that finale that I think is going to lead up to something big happening to them in season three. I peeped that in the beginning. Well, not in the beginning, but I'm going to go in order of the timeline of events. First, there was that marathon where they popped up and they were late and they were talking about something came up. And to me, it looked like the look they gave each other was that something was obviously going on wrong between them. And at first, I just brushed that off. But then... Later on, I peeped something else going on. So when Lawrence, Lawrence was with Derek and Chad, his boys, and when Issa was with her girls, Derek made a comment about Tiffany going over to Issa's to watch that show do North with them. But then when we get to Issa, we see that she never showed up. And it doesn't seem like Derek ever knew that. So I'm wondering, where was she actually at that whole time? And of course, they talked a lot in the finale about her being pregnant. So I'm really wondering if there's something going on with that baby not necessarily being Derek's. Because if you also go back to that conversation he was having, he mentioned that... Tiffany had a co-worker that was basically being inappropriate in a relationship and he quote-unquote got you? rid of him. Whoa! Right, look what show is this? Details. Hey, look, <laughs> what show is this? <laughs> Damn! Right, like no one peeped that Yo, I'm about to watch so, again. <laughs> wow! Right? <laughs> hey, did anyone else catch oh like gosh. the fact that the only storyline that was never um kind of finalized was Molly's when she was in the bedroom and we're assuming Dro was in the bathroom getting cleaned up she answered the phone and she seemed nervous on the phone but we never knew who she was talking to or what happened yeah that's what was question, what's going on with that I need to pay more attention alright I'm watching it again the whole damn season was that was that <laughs> yeah, the season, season finale? finale it was like her last scene and and she said something like, what? Weird. And, like, you, I assumed it was Issa, but we never figured it out. So, like, was it her parents, or was it someone else, or what happened? Yeah, we gotta wait damn near a year to find out. I wonder if it was Lil Rail's character. I can see that. Alright, well, I, I think we can run into that pretty good. <laughs> you can watch it when we done. 
But, I mean, speaking of which, so I think we've done pretty much with, with this topic, and we had a pretty good time right now. So, y'all want to keep this podcast running along, or do y'all want to wrap it up here? Which I want to do. Um, yeah. I mean, we owe the listeners. I know this is going to be a long, probably a long episode, so you can break it up um, and listen to it. But the things we were talking about last episode that didn't come out because of my studio was uh, malfunctioning um, is kind of really does tie into how he transitions from insecure and all the insecurities of black folks. And um, for instance, like the therapy and how it's hard for us to um, go see a therapist and talk about our feelings and express ourselves. And um, so this transition to this more deeper thoughts um, for you guys. So Kind of these three things, and we're going to tie it them more into these next couple episodes, but um, we're trying to go through them so we don't um, over-talk you guys out. But So these are the three things we're going to talk about. What actually is black culture? Um, why do black folks choose who can be in or out of black culture? And why is it frowned upon when a black person thinks different or acts differently from what the usual norm of black culture thinks. And um, so I'm just going to throw that out there to you guys. Uh, so, yeah. So what actually is black culture to you guys? What do you think black culture is? Um, so I think it's a, it's a mixture of things. I think it could be our hair, the way that we've contributed to music, our food, our language. When I say language, I mean like our dialect with Ebonic slash uh, black English. So I think it's pretty much all of those things. Yeah, I think I agree with that pretty much on the dot. Yeah, I I I agree. It's it's our um, it's like I I remember saying this like it's it's the way we look, it's the way we talk, it's the way like after church that we have certain things we need to do after church and certain things we need to certain ways we need to greet people when we walk in a house or, or someone's home or into a picnic or something. It's the way we wear our clothes. It's the way we, we um, look at situations, how we always find a way out of no way. Um, Ron, I, I'll throw it back to you too, because I remember like you saying like, Hey, I'm thinking of maybe the positive situations, but there may be some negatives that comes with black culture as well. And I totally agree with you. Do you remember some of those? Yeah. I think what I was saying is that we, like we always like to talk about the positive things like everyone would just mention, but then we also really have to acknowledge that there are some negative trends within our own culture, like how we treat mental illness our you know, the homophobia that runs throughout the community, misogyny, all, all those things, especially when it comes to our music and our media. And those are things that are plaguing our community and our culture that we really got to start talking about more. Like, if we don't talk about it, it ain't never going to get better. That's not who we are. So, since you said something about that, like, do you think um, our mainstream media depicts black culture in a positive way, or even then in a negative way? Because why I ask that is what actually is black culture? Because like you said, when you think of black culture first, I think of, like you said, the music, our fashion, um, and the way we talk, and so, but nowadays, I feel like when people think of black culture, they only tie it to the mainstream media um, and what that is, you know? 
it's not what the true roots of black culture is to me. And I know there's two separate forms of black culture because we always have, we have black Twitter and all that. And I feel like that's within itself a black culture. But do you think that mainstream media pulls away from that meaning to where people think they quote unquote had this conversation, like appropriation of cultures, you know? Yeah. I, I kind of think of it like, Hey, it depends on what you're watching and kind of what you're not watching because I feel like there is um, an accurate depiction of black culture out there and if you watch it depends on I guess it kind of depends on how much TV you watch obviously we can all look at love and hip-hop and real housewives and any other show that's been created to show black people arguing and being a little bit ratchet if you will you can do that and say that's black culture, but you would be wrong. But you would also be right, because that is a part of us. We all can be a little bit loud and wrong and ratchet and all that stuff. And that's what makes us so great. But there's also shows out there like On Own. There's a beautiful show, and I wish everyone could watch it, especially if you're in a relationship. On Own, Oprah's network, you know, Oprah is my, um, my auntie. Um, but Oprah has a show called Black Love on her television channel. And it, it shows all of these black couple, famous and not, just telling you about everything that goes into being in love with a black person. And it is so real because it's like, hey, we can be ratchet at times, but man, we can be so lovely and we can be so romantic and we can be so complex and there's there's tv show there's tv shows out there there's um black humanitarians out there there's black um millionaires and billionaires out there who show us different examples of being black and what i feel like people are not able to like take in is that we're all of that like that's not just like one person is ratchet one person is successful no, that we can be one person and be successful ratchet. Like we're capable of that. And that's that's like I think that's what makes us so dope is that we can do all that and so much more. So then since we're like that kind of ties into okay, so we understand or give our opinions of what black culture is. Um but I kind of want to read this the actual like definition of culture is the way of life of a particular people, especially as shown in their ordinary behavior and habits, their attitudes towards each other and their moral or religious beliefs. So we kind of touched on all those, especially with particularly in how we um, behave and um, interact. But this next part says, why do black people choose who's in this black culture and who is out of this culture? Kind of um, always intrigues me because I've experienced that to where I've been taking quote unquote revoked my black card or called, you know, you're an Oreo, you might look black on the outside, but you're really white in the inside. Um, and so I always wonder why is that I might look black on the outside. And these two kind of go tie hand in hand is why is it why is it hard so hard for like in the black culture of someone who's black thinks different from this quote unquote what the black culture thinks. And so I always wonder why is it that for instance, if I, who's from Africa, comes here, I don't, don't, never spoke Ebonics until I got here. 
Never understood that until I finally was in America. Um, at the time when I arrived here, it was like, if you're not sagging your pants, if you're not wearing FUBU or, you know, Fat Farm and all that stuff, which was at that time, I feel like that was really enthralled in black culture. I wasn't considered black because I wasn't dressed or looking or talking that way. But in my eyes, I'm like, I'm black. Why aren't you guys accepting me in the first place, you know? So in those questions, and I ask is another thing is like, for instance, we talk about, let's talk about celebrities, Eminem, raised around Detroit, raised around black culture, black people, majority of his friends are black and he's accepted in that culture, you know, within it. But if another white person or was to try to do maybe what Eminem is doing or um, is, for, oh, like Post Malone, for instance, he's getting all ridiculed for what he's, um, his persona is. So why is it that he is, in some of aspects of people, is um, trying to be in the black culture or, but, you know, someone like Eminem who's accepted, like, why is it that some people can be in it or even as a black person, why is it you can be a black in the black culture and another black person can't be in the black culture just because they think or do different than what the stereotypical or quote unquote black culture thinks, you know? So I want to touch on that. And I also want to take it in different directions because um, I hear more so like, why do we get to decide from white people? I um, think for, I think for both though. I hear like sorry. when, all right, yeah, I want to touch on both. Um, so with white people or anyone that's not black, a lot of times we always find it strange when we may see a white person wearing a dashiki. We see white women doing YouTube videos of um, how to make Afro hair, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then we have white people White people who, you know, may speak Ebonics, but they don't really understand why Ebonics exists, where it came from, the origins of it, exactly what it is. And I, I, I used to have, I used to get really mad when I would see white women wearing box braids, or I would see um, white women, you know, making these videos on, on Afro hair. And I'll give you an example. There's a YouTuber, her name is Eskimo Hair. And two years ago, she caused a lot of controversy because she made a video called How to Make Afro Hair. She recently changed it to How to Make Straight Hair into Fluffy Zigzag Texture Hair, which, by the way, makes no sense. What the heck is zigzag texture? <laughs> just, just say curly. Just say curly. I, I think where it comes down to, the reason why I feel like we get to decide is because a lot of white people don't know why these certain things that we say it's a part of our culture, exists. They don't understand why Ebonics, why we have Ebonics. They don't understand um, why, you know, our hair looks different. They don't understand, you know, different, you know, things about music and whatnot. They don't, like, with Beyonce performing at the CMAs, there were controversy from white people saying she's not country, but she has a country song that's Daddy Lessons. And people forget that Black people were one of the pioneers of country music. Conveniently, they forget that. So I think we do get to decide if we if they show us that they don't understand uh, where where all this stuff comes comes from. It, it just all comes down to respect. Um, now, when I hear it from white people, Conrad, I definitely I, I used to always get the "Why do you talk white?" Um, I've had someone tell me at the Black Power Rally at MSU a couple years ago. I had 
when I was helping uh, as a volunteer, one of my black friends who I thought was my friend said, why are you here? You ain't black. And, and I think people for like, people don't realize I've been woke since I was born. My mom always taught me about race relations and what, but because of my voice, you know, I wasn't, there were, there were certain things that people would say. So I think some black people tend to get caught up in a little too much, um, in our language thinking that, that, that all that the bonnet just represents blackness as a whole. Does it represent blackness? Yes, but that's not really the only thing that represents us. And I'm not sure if it comes from, you know, their upbringing. I'm not sure it's because of what, where they've been surrounded by, because you, you do see some black people who say that they've only been surrounded by black people. And so that could also be where it comes from. They're, they're used to what they see every day. So when they see someone different, when they see a black person speaking, standard english or acting different different than they do they don't see that as a true but my question to that is if you're fighting for the same person for the same color for the same rights and then you turn around and because that person is not fitting of what you think that you're fighting for it just doesn't make sense to me it's just like oh yeah there's definitely a disconnect there's definitely just i'm not yeah i'm not sure why that exists but it definitely does exist i think i can kind of give some insight into why i think it exists and I think that where it comes from is that black people, we're protective of our culture and we have to be because if we aren't, then we're going to lose. There was going to be taken from us and which has happened before in, in different aspects of life. And there are a lot of people out there who are going about that protection the wrong way, like excluding people who don't necessarily fit that mold that they think that black people should fit into. Do you know, do you have an idea of why they may exclude those people? I think it's because the biggest concern that, well, at least I think in my mind, the biggest concern when someone who either is not in black culture or tries to be a part of it or someone who is black but necessarily doesn't, you know, fit the mode of what you think standard black culture is, you have a fear that they're going to change their perception or change black culture. So if someone from outsider comes in and they try to become part of it, they're going to try to bring their own stuff to it and change it around and take away from what it is. Or if you have big black people out there who aren't representing what we, what we call black culture, then we're going to think that they're going to change the image of what black culture is and we're going to lose it. So I think that people have these reactions out of fear because they want to protect it. Well, I would just say, like, that's so crazy. Like, I'll go back to my original point. We are so complex as people. And I think that's what makes us so dope. And that's why people want to be like us. Because it's like, man, die. He can, like, be at a rap cop. You think of... Ryan, you'll like this. You think of Jay-Z. Jay-Z can be in a room full of billionaires. He can be in the Bronx. He can give a concert at Madison Square. Or what's his... What's, well, he don't own it no more. But the uh, Brooklyn Nets Stadium or Arena. And yet, he can also be at Beyonce's concert. He can be at this art gallery. He can do it all. But we all can do that because that's how dope we are. We can we can mold into not even mold into, but we're capable of 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 being all those things. We're like a freaking uh, chameleon or or superhero because we're able to do that. I mean, and let's not even do Jay Z. Like if you just think of us as us four, we're able to go from our work environment to the environment with our friends to the environment with our cousins, 
to the environment at the art gallery that we want to check out or the concert we want to go to. And guess what? We're, we're, we're cool at all of them. And I think that just made, that makes us awesome. That makes us dope. And I feel like the thing that our, our, I'm going to be nice. Our, our white brothers and sisters struggle with is that they can't do the same thing. They can't be as dope in as many different um, environments as we can. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. They, You're right about that. They do tend to get, well, some of them do. They tend to get all riled up when, when we say, oh, you can't say that word. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. And I really don't feel bad for them. <laughs> that that's just white tears to me of like okay get over it <laughs> you really want to say the n word that badly <laughs> you really want to wear these braids that badly you really want to wear you know this the stereotypical like you see all the time at Coachella this these uh and I don't even know what to call it so forgive me for anyone that is Native American but you see them wearing those large headpieces thinking oh that's fashion and it's not. You you don't know what any any part of 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 that headpiece symbolizes. What it means. You're just wearing it because you look. You so, look question for you, Tori. Can I, I want to ask a question real quick. Um, so, granted, yes, like the history and um, ideologies around a lot of our styles and fashion, and what we had to do to get those styles and fashions, what they mean to our people. My only question is. So is it always wrong if a white girl is wearing braids? Is it always wrong if she is taking in this hairstyle that she might like? Is my question. Is it always frowned upon? Because that's where I, it's, that's the battle, you know, it's like mostly when it comes to hairstyle. So that's why I had a question for that. So I used to hate it when I would see white women in box braids. And I've gotten over it recently because it's almost like, look, if they want to, wear braids that's going to take away their edges they can go right ahead because they don't have the kind of strength in their hair that we do but go right ahead you look weird but go ahead um (laughs) (laughs) all i know is no one's giving janet jackson props for you know recognizing that they took her hairstyle but that's just me (laughs) (laughs) and that's the real thing right there tori Because I've been wearing box That's the end of the beginning, old. right there. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to the point. So when it comes to the braids and twists, I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue with a lot of bloggers on YouTube that I see trying to mimic uh, black hair, trying to get these, you know, type three, type four curl patterns and whatnot. And... And that's all fine and dandy, but we know, we know, I know for sure that they didn't, they didn't just come up with that on their own. Black women have been using different instruments to accentuate their curls years. So this girl, Eskimo Hair, that made that video of how to make Afro hair, if she had said in the beginning, I have to, I have to say I've, I've been inspired or I have to give credit from who I learned from, like natural um, natural 85 then you've got um you know other vloggers other vloggers too like arnell armand who's doing natural hair videos all these women there's a whole community of, of women that are natural hair bloggers that do tutorials talk about what works best for their hair 
you can give credit to two or three women. It's not hard to find. You'll, you'll find thousands of videos from black women talking about how they do their natural hair. So just give credit. Don't act first. You're not innovative. Don't act like that came from you when you, you made this look. Yeah, and I think a big thing is not only did they not make it, but is that the women who did make it, black women, and when they wore it, they were criticized for it and told that it didn't look, you know, formal or proper or that it was nappy, those type of things. And then fast forward 10, 15 years later, you want to do it yourself now and make it cool. I think that's where a lot of the issue comes from as well. Absolutely. And piggybacking off of that, I guarantee you a white woman that, that you know, chooses to make her hair, you know, coily and curly and whatnot, they're going to get compliments. Oh, yeah. I have personally not gotten compliments on my on my hair. I've I've personally been told, "Hey, your straight hair makes you look classy. Your natural hair makes you look fierce. You know, I like your straight hair better, or or, or whatnot." I rarely hear anyone say, "You know, I like your curly hair." From white people, I like your curly hair better, um, and and that's what's annoying about it. Hey, I like your curly hair. Aww. Aww, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's. <laughs> thanks. But that's just like um, it was announced this week that um, Dapper Dan, who if uh, look, I wasn't born, but he was like the origination of hip hop. All of your favorite, or I don't know if they would be your favorites anymore, but like the original hip hop artists, Run DMC, Big Daddy Kane, uh, LL Cool J. Um, any people in the early 80s or late 80s who were considered hip-hop fashion icons were dressed by Dapper Dan. And Gucci and other fashion houses kind of stole from him and stole kind of what he was doing for the hip-hop community. But he never got credit for it. They just came in, they ripped it off, they put it on the runway and said, hey, this is what we came up with. Lies. So now... Gucci, I think it was just announced this week, they actually hired Dapper Dan to curate their latest fashion line. And, I mean, it's still kind of messed up because they're not saying, hey, we stole from him years ago. They're kind of using it as, hey, we're using him as inspiration without telling the full truth. But at least some of our people are getting their fair shine. And... I mean, shout out to you, Dapper Dan. Okay, I never, I never, I don't think I ever wore like a Dapper Dan creation. Like, I will now if I can afford it. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I, I wanted to say, can I just say something really quick, Conrad? Because you mentioned Eminem to start off with, and I always say Eminem's in my top five, and he's from from Michigan. Like we, like some of us are. But one thing I saw a tweet earlier today about Eminem and it was really simple and I'm like that's simple but kind of cool like it's true Eminem never had to debate about like hey can I use the n-word or can I ever say like why can't I say it I'm a rapper just like you I grew up in circumstances that maybe um are similar to what you grew up in why can't I say he never made that argument from I mean, if I'm wrong, show me the proof. But I don't I don't think there's proof out there. And Eminem is the greatest selling rapper of all time. There's that is evidence out there to prove that. So why do you all feel the need to use that word and feel like you should be because you grew up in the same neighborhood or because 
you got a friend named Pookie, or because you think you know us, that you can use that word to celebrate yourself. No, you will never win that argument. You will never be as successful using that argument. So don't do it. Why why is that not simple enough for everyone out there? Like, you're never going to win that, okay? Give it up. It's hurtful, and you're stupid for even trying to do that. I mean, I can, uh, um, so I guess my question to you, Brian, is as Eminem, you say he has never had to, uh, you know, or like try to argue or reason to why he should use it, but he's used it before. So how does that change the conversation then? At least to you, since you're. I mean, I just the reason I asked it is because I, I looked it up to see if I can just try to see if I how to justify or use that. But he's he's he ha- there's links and stuff of him using it, so that's why I'm wondering. Like, you don't hear many people. Just give you a little bit more insight. Is that he had recordings in the past before he really blew up, where he had used it, and they were resurfaced later on once he had be, kind of became a bigger star. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement. Um. Eminem is no longer in my top five. Okay. I will now replace him with uh, Kanye West. And, you don't deserve uh, to put Kanye in your top five. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not rejecting that on behalf of all Kanye fans. We don't allow it. Look, Eminem, you just embarrassed me. How dare you? How dare you? Do that 30 <laughs> years ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to replace him with Kia. Who performed my neck, my back? I'm sorry. All right, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Hey, but for on a serious note, on a serious note, um, damn. So we talked about yes on how we um, as black folks accept who uh, from like the white side can be in black culture, not black culture, but um, we never really touched about when it comes to black individuals. I know Ron said that we're so scared to lose our culture or lose, um, we've been, you know, a lot of things have been taken from us and used against us to, for um, other ethnicities to um, strive. But I don't see what's wrong with adding to our culture. I don't see anything wrong with that. And the reason I say that is because I've had all these examples, like you have these, um, like first is these black kids who are into anime which is like this, um, if correct me if I'm wrong, but it's this Japanese style cartoon. And they watch it, they enjoy it, they love it. But if you were to speak with your quote unquote, talk about it in black culture, they don't call you a cornball, you're a nerd, like make fun of you for doing something like that. But in a way, who you never know if this black kid is going to be the next best anime artist and that's what he wants to do. But it's things like that what I'm talking about is like, why is it that that's so frowned upon? Not necessarily frowned upon, but like made a joke because he's not doing basketball or the stereotypical things as a black person. Or if you see a black person who's really into outdoors and hiking and doing all these water sports and all this stuff, why is it so like frowned upon? You know, why can't it be accepted in the black culture? It's like, oh, this is a black person who is doing something different and it's positive and it's making him happy, him or her happy instead of most of the time it's looked kind of like, nah, that's weird, dog. Like, you be doing that white people shit. Why is it? Why can't it be, oh, you be doing shit that you like? I, I mess with that. You know? Oh, or we don't do that. You know, you hear quotes of like, that's white people shit or that's not what we do. And when it comes to those kinds of activities or things that are 
different from what usual black culture thinks, the usual norm what black culture thinks. Um, so when you talked about, okay, so your, your question is why can't we add something to our culture? Yeah. Or why is, is it, is it bad to add to the culture? Okay. Is my question? No, because I think what's been, I, the, the one reason, the one example I can think of is I, I would consider black Twitter, uh, part of the culture. I, that, that got added to the mm-hmm. culture in recent years. I do think though, things like, um, you know, anime, I used to be, um, a big Sailor Moon fan, but things like anime, and I could be wrong with this because I don't really know that, that industry very well, but it could be because black people, you know, didn't start anime. They weren't the ones that kind of came up with that, you know, idea. We, we started with having our own food. We've always had the hair that we've had. We started, you know, being the pioneers in music, going from country to blues to jazz to R&B to hip-hop. That was all of us and our contributions. But, you know, something like anime, I think people are more resistant to accept it because it wasn't, it, it, it never has been part of our culture. Like, we weren't, we weren't the pioneers. So because we don't start it, you can't accept it? Yeah, I don't want to build on that. Before we just... No, I'm not saying you can accept it. No, 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 I'm not saying that you can accept it. I'm just saying that I think that's why people feel that way. Like, it's just, Black Twitter just occurred more organically than anime. Anime is just too weird for some people, I think. And I think Black people, some Black people tend to struggle with too weird. I think when it comes to things like anime, is that it's wrong for us to kind of ostracize someone who's Black and wants to be a part of that. But I think it's also wrong to try to make it part of Black culture. Because it has its own origins and roots that have you know, nothing to do with us. And we will be no better than the people who we claim appropriate our culture if we try to take it from the people who made it and make it our own. And no, there's nothing wrong with black people who are interested in it and contributing to it. But I think that they need that we all need to understand that you know, cultures can be appreciated and you know you can be a part of it even if you don't necessarily belong to that group of people. But you there's clear divides between what's black culture and what's not. And you mentioned things like water sports or outdoor activities. I think those are the kind of things where it's like those necessarily don't have a group that's claimed it. Like, yes, we, t- we tend to say things like that's white people shit, but it's not necessarily that they invented hiking or they were the first ones to go outside on raft and those type of things. So those are things that I think that we can do better to make part of that culture. But when it comes to things that other cultures have already created, we need to respect that and allow them to be different and still appreciate them. And I'd say some sports got added to our culture. Basketball used to be a white man's sport, and then we took it over. And now we're known, right, and football, and now we're known to be the trailblazers in those sports. And like you said, we took those. Like, we changed the entire image of what they are now. <laughs> we, we literally stole it. Really, <laughs> when you think about we it. We say, okay, yeah, we're going to take this we one. We stole it and made that. <laughs> uh, but I would also add, like, it also takes like champions in those different activities. So we started off the episode by like comrade, you say, Hey, I went tubing down the river and you heard Ron and I say, why? <laughs> like, why, why didn't you jump in the pool and be fine with that? But without you speaking up and saying, Hey, this is okay. This is fun. We can do this. Come out. And being adamant about that, then we may not feel as comfortable. So, like you were leader in that in that 
that case. Or like, I'm going to bring my girl in this and my other girl. Like tennis. <laughs> tennis was a white sport, okay? In many ways, it, it very much still is. But Richard Williams said, hey, dog, my, my girls can make money doing this. And I think they can be just as good as anyone else. And I can I notice stuff that they can do different in the sport and make it more exciting. And now Venus and Serena Williams are the 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 greatest champions of tennis ever to live. So I feel like it takes special people in our community to say, hey, yeah, I know you think this is not cool, but trust me, it is. One of y'all come out with me. One of y'all try it. All right, two of you try it. All right, now now five of you come out with me and try it. And then next, now here's... You hear white people listen to this now and they're probably scared because they're like, they're going to take every, take over everything. But honestly, <laughs> it's like, hey, if we get used to it, we get comfortable with it, we're like, oh man, we can tube too. Not only are we going to tube, but if you set up the tubes just right, you just set a bit screen up there and we can watch football. Yeah, that's on a no. Because <laughs> like, you know, black people know how to make everything better. All right. <laughs> so I I feel like it takes each one of us just to be like that much more comfortable with it and be willing to invite our brothers and our sisters out and say, look, trust me. You trust me. I promise you're going to have a good time. Let's try it. And then go for it. I agree that. I do agree that. I just feel like there's less of that. I feel like there's less of there. Yeah, I definitely yeah. think that's a gap there's, in our Yeah, there's society, less of that. There's, and I think you even said it before, Brian, is we don't start supporting things like that until we see the good out of it. Instead of seeing the good out of it before it starts. You know what I'm saying? Like, we won't say, oh, you know, not a lot of people, not a lot of um, people talked about swimming, right? At least in the black culture. No one really talked about swimming. And of course, we already get stereotyped of being, you know, black people don't swim, black people don't do this. So, yes, there's already a negative connotation on it. But um, what was it? The previous Olympics? Um, I forget her name, but she won. And then now all, you know, she gave hope to a lot of black people. What I'm saying is like before that happens, there's always there was always a negative connotation. It's like, why are you doing that? That's not what we do. You know, you know, we don't belong in water and all this stuff. So my question is, like, why isn't it, like, an uplifting thing in the black culture to start off, not wait until we see something good out of it, but promote, and I guess, what can we do to promote more things that are people who are willing to do that are different than what we usually see in black media or black culture? Like, how do we, how do we support those people and how we should start doing that? Because that's what strengthens, strengthens us. I think the support is starting to get there. I would, I would say that Ron and I both noticed that at Afropunk a couple weeks ago, too. Um, it's Afropunk definitely gives black folks, black folks who are eccentric, black folks who, you know, are, are art, artsy, gives them a, a space to really express themselves. And that's something I thought was so beautiful and that I hadn't seen before. Like if, like if someone, if another, if another black person who, had never heard of Afropunk and they kind of had the same ideologies that we talked about before, they probably would be a little surprised in, in the things that they saw and um, the outfits that they saw. Um, but I think 
it's, it's a slow process, but I think we are getting better at, you know, broadening our horizons, trying new things, and trying to, uh, picking our, our interests in things that would be considered weird, um, you know, in our community. Yeah, and I say I think there is starting to become a growing culture of acceptance because, I mean, like you mentioned, Gabby Douglas earlier, and she won for gymnastics, and I don't think I saw any person out there say anything about why she's doing that. All I saw was her get love and congratulations. So I think that well, yeah, within yeah, our own social, that. within our own personal social social circles, there's a lot of yes. work to be done. But I think as a culture and as a whole, and what we're representing ourselves on social media is that when people get out there and do these different things and they do it well, we're showing them love. And we're making sure that they feel supported, especially at times like now, where it's like our people really are trying our best to stick together when it comes to those type of situations. Simone Be- um, Manuel is the swimmer who won the gold medal at the last Olympics. Um, and I also say, like, I talk a lot of crap about you guys' generation when it comes to music and stuff like that. But you also have to, like, say, hey, Tyler, the- Tyler, the creator. Did I say that right? I'm proud. All right. You, you think of him? <laughs> okay. You think, <laughs> you think of him, you think of uh, some of the other, uh, I don't know what you call them, rappers, artists, whatever okay. they are. Uh, but they are definitely different. No, they're definitely <laughs> different. Okay? And they feel comfortable being themselves. Uh, Young Thug. Got, hey. Y'all hear me? I'm out here. Uh, like, these people are out there, you know, trying to live as their full selves, if you will. And they feel comfortable saying who they are and what they believe and who they love. And, I mean, I hope that their followers feel some type of, like, confidence in that. Like, hey, if my favorite artist, I'm sure there are people out there who... um identify these people as their favorite artists if they identify as this i feel so much more confident to like identify myself as that and that's to me that to me is really cool um i don't think that's happened with previous generations well especially as fast as what's happening now i feel like in the old generation it was like well you like prince but that's as far as you can go like (laughs) prince still our boy that's his we don't know what else he's talking about, but that's still our boy. We can't really identify with his high heels or the way he dresses, but we love his music. Now it's like, oh, I can dress however I want. I can sing whatever I want. I can love whoever I want. I can uh, identify as whatever I want. And I'm still black and I'm awesome. And I think that's cool. So hopefully we got some stuff coming up. This is the kind of conversation we need to have on a daily basis, even outside this podcast. So listeners, um, if you agreed with us, if you totally disagree with us, um, still, you know, let us know how you feel. Um, even those who are from different backgrounds, and aka if you're white and you think that you have a different, um, uh, <laughs> a different perspective or maybe you you know grew up in a culture where you were around um grew up around black people and and you um see i guess see what other people may think are is different from you and just want to know exactly what you guys are thinking what how you feel about these thoughts um and we're going to have more discussions like this tied to black culture i mean um 
we are three black males on this and we always have to speak on it because there's a lot of things of uh, black culture that people don't want to talk about or don't want to discuss. For instance, when we talked about how insecure tied of this is, you know, mental health in the black culture is something that is um, getting better, but needs to be a lot better than what it is, especially in the, I mean, like we say, we're in the year 2017, these things need to be, you know, a lot better than what they were behind us. So dial in. Talk to us. Let us know what we're thinking. Yes, this episode is extremely long, but we owe you guys. Um, we will find a way to break it up for you guys where you don't have to sit and listen for you know two hours or an hour. It's not even going to be that long, but we know how some of y'all in Brian's words would say, generation likes to say. Uh, <laughs> we uh, don't like to sit down and listen to things, but we urge you to sit and listen to this one very thought-provoking and i really appreciate tori for joining us as well and giving her insight it's always nice to see a different voice so ron don let us know what we need to do all right yeah let's go ahead and get up out of here so if any of you guys made it this far we appreciate it we hope, we hope y'all <laughs> enjoyed the conversation <laughs> we could be talking to ourselves at this point but hopefully not <laughs> all right so let's go ahead and wrap it up babe you want to tell them where they can reach you at uh yes so you can follow me on Instagram, Natural Smires. Natural Smires. Natural. <laughs> oh man, you done messed up on your first six. Guess it runs. She gets it from me, guys. There's just so much pressure. Okay, Instagram is Natural Smiles with an underscore at the end. That's where I'm mostly on. I'm not really on Twitter that much. All right. What about you, Kyra? Everything get at you. Catch me on that fella Connie, that fella underscore Connie on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Instagram at BigC22. Um, like my pictures, you know, trying to get in this photography thing. So, you know, like the pictures. <laughs> Shameless <laughs> plug. Comrade has skills, Loki. has skills. They really don't. Uh, appreciate it. So um, yeah, I ain't going to tell you my Facebook because I don't need y'all on there. So. Be shocked. <laughs> hey, you can reach me on Eminem. Dot. I support you. <laughs> hey, you said the word. I had a whole spill dedicated to that. <laughs> okay. God. I mean, I still support you. <laughs> um, you can also support me at Serena Had a Baby. Okay. Her. And you can also support me at this. Okay. It's a story um, about control. Okay. My control. Control of what I say, control of what I do. Right. And this time, so this I'm going to do it my way. I hope you enjoy <laughs> this as much as I do. Are we ready? I am because it's all about control. And I'm going to see Janet Jackson. In concert! Okay, she I'm gonna there. show up? Woo! Oh! <laughs> so, Tori couldn't be a part of this episode <laughs> because of uh, technical difficulties. <laughs> but you'll learn more about that next week. <laughs> Alright. Reach me at Taylor Made Life on Twitter. That's pretty much the only place you're going to catch me at. But make sure you get the podcast at Who's Man's Podcast. Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes. We out here. Leave us some reviews. Please. Hey, baby. Yeah.